Welcome everyone to KSQD Santa Cruz at 90.7 FM. I'm Jacob Sheckman and you're listening to our show, What To Be, where we interview inspiring people and highlight their careers. What To Be is a program provided by Your Future Is Our Business, a Santa Cruz County nonprofit that helps students explore careers through programs such as college and career expos, career panels, and other work-based learning activities. Please note the views and opinions expressed in this program do not necessarily represent or reflect those of Natural Bridges Media or Your Future Is Our Business. The information provided during this program does not reflect this career in its entirety. All right, and here we go. Today, I am joined by my guest, Sarah DeHell. Thank you so much for being here today, Sarah. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. Our pleasure. And Sarah is here to talk to us today about her current career as the system sales engineer in HVAC systems. What is, I have so many questions to start. What is, I've always wondered, what is HVAC? My guess is high volume air control or something that's a good guess uh but not quite oh <laughs> it's dang a little it simple. okay a little simpler so hvac is heating ventilation and air conditioning okay so um i pretty much sell large pieces of air conditioning equipment to commercial buildings or for commercial buildings so um if you could think of maybe like a hospital or a school or google campus or a facebook building They're huge buildings and they require lots of fresh air because they have lots of employees in there. So pretty much I'm selling the air you're breathing. On top of that, we sell equipment that will cool down water. So like the cold water you are getting out of faucets and all that in your building ties into a big piece of equipment that is making this possible. And that is what I sell. Awesome. So how long have you been in this job? So I graduated from school in 2016 and went to a training program, which we can talk about in a little bit, but um, that started in July of 2017. So I've been working for this company for the past four years almost. Okay, wonderful. And this is straight up engineering, right? You, I think you got your degree, you said, from Cal Poly? Yeah, Cal Poly in San Luis Obispo. I graduated with a BS in industrial engineering. Um, industrial engineering is not exactly what I'm doing now. I'm definitely more in a, in a mechanical engineering type role, but my education at Cal Poly definitely set me up to be able to learn on the job and do what I do on a daily basis. All right. Now, I want to go back to um, I, I mean, when I mentioned in learning about your your education, your career background. I want to know more about where you're where you're coming from. How did you how did you even get into engineering? Right when you were a kid, I, I think you mentioned you were a, a student at Aptos High School when you were. Yeah, a student there. Did you did you know, you know, I want to go into engineering? Did you know what kind? How did this all start for you? It all started for me because my parents didn't come. They didn't grow up in this country. They grew up in Algeria, which is a country in Africa. So I'm first generation. I came here or they came here, had me. I saw, you know, that the effort it took in to build a life from nothing pretty much. And I knew it was going to take hard work and you needed a good job for that. So my parents set the benchmark for me from an early age, but early on, I really enjoyed math. I was definitely more of a math kind of girl, not so much vocabulary. I was like always getting bugged by my parents to read more. And so naturally just enjoyed math. And then when it came to applying for colleges, um, I mean, I I tried very hard in high school. I, I worked to get a really good GPA. Um, so when I was applying to schools, I was just kind of asking my mom, like, Hey, what did, what did you do in school? I, I really like what you do for a career. And she said, I was an industrial engineer and Cal Poly is one of those unique universities that makes you define what, sorry, what program you want to go into. 
uh, before you join the school. And I just checked it off because that's what my mom did. And what 17 year old really knows what they want to do for the rest of their life. But I ended up getting into the school and it's a great engineering school. It was a great honor to be accepted there. So I just moved forward and, you know, I could have changed my major at some point if, if I didn't like it, but I showed up and I stuck with it. And I, I saw, you know, all these uh, people that would come talk to us about what they did for a career. And I could tell they were very successful people and success doesn't come easy. You know, if it was easy, everyone would be doing it. So I knew the program I was in was hard, but it was going to be worth it. It would, it would set me up for life. What were some of the ways that you prepared yourself to to go into industrial engineering? Since it sounds like you said your mother had experience, she was an industrial engineer? Yeah, she was. And then my dad is like a, a mathematician, statistician. So I come from like a very math brain type family. Yeah. Um, but but um, yeah, just my mom's influence. And then, um, I don't know, I just have always been intrigued by engineering and how things are made and how it's possible and how much it costs to build something and how do we improve it and how did we get to this point, you know? So I think those types of questions when you're asking yourself, you're like, you could kind of pick what career you want. You know, if you're asking yourself a lot of medical questions, maybe you want to go out there and become a doctor or a nurse. I don't know. Was that a good answer? Yeah, to absolutely. Question? Absolutely. Was there, um, so you, you, you found industrial engineering, you picked it and you stuck with it because you liked it. Was there I ever, loved it. You loved it. Was there ever a time, though, that you were were having, maybe it was a hard time at school for whatever reason, and you questioned your love for it? Oh, oh my gosh, every day. <laughs> like I said, it's not an easy program. You you get there, and at least in college, I don't, I don't know if any students are aware of this, but when you join programs like these, the first few years, they're just trying to weed out the, the weak and the week doesn't mean you're not smart. I think in my opinion, the week means you're just not working as hard as that person next to you. So uh, you just got to keep studying, keep grinding. And, you know, you're taking physics and calculus classes and you're like, I am never, never going to use calculus again, but you just got to do it and get through it. And I kept reminding myself there's like in more interesting classes to come. But yeah, I just, there was a lot of times where I was like, maybe I'm not meant for this. Um, I would have bad thoughts like, wow, there's a lot of men in this program and not so many women. Like, why is that? And you start to question yourself, like, do I belong? But you just got to keep the negative thoughts out. And I think having like a really positive attitude the four years I was in school carried me because I knew if I was a good person and if I tried hard, like nothing would happen bad to me. And I don't know for those of you out there who are religious, I just kind of like think, you know, God's looking out for me. If I try hard, I'm a good person. Like something good is going to come. Like there's no way life's just going to, screw you over you know yeah nice yeah you had your life philosophies yeah I think it's like really comes down to just being positive you know you're gonna question yourself every day and whatever you do whether it be school or work and you just gotta stay confident a couple questions come to mind I, I kind of definitely want to want you to talk more about being being a woman in such a male-dominated field both what it's like at, at school and now that you're in your career but I don't want to leave out the, uh, we definitely got to talk about the training program that you mentioned, because I'm building this, this, we're building this timeline for you. So um, maybe well, let's talk about uh, what it's like to be a woman in engineering at, at school first. And let's circle back around to that uh, when we talk more about your career. Yeah. So being a woman in engineering, I think at first I thought it was something very, very special, but you come to realize there's lots of women in engineering they're just kind of sprinkled everywhere. There's definitely not as many as the men, but 
in my major, I was pretty fortunate when I said I love industrial engineering. Well, part of it is a lot of women ended up joining that program. And I think it was an even split of women and men. So I made a lot of my best girlfriends uh, that were engineers in that program. Um, but I think also um, it comes down to at first there's going to be like that intimidation factor. But then you realize guys are just like you. It's really no difference. Except maybe women are a little more hygienic. <laughs> Other than that, we're, we're all just the same people, you know. And I have some of my best guy friends from my engineering program. And at, I think after a couple of months, you're like, you don't even think that way. But then when I got out into the real world, that was like more of a wake up call because I'm in construction now. And that is very male dominated. And at my company, I'm actually the only female sales engineer right now. So um, I think for me, I struggled a little more with that at first, uh, when I started working and not so much being a woman, but also just being young, being young in an industry of very experienced people who have been doing it for like 20 or 30 years. So they don't want to listen to the, the new young girl who yeah. just came in, but it takes a little bit of time to get your street cred, but I, I think I'm there now. For those who are just tuning in, you're listening to What To Be at KSQD 90.7 FM in Santa Cruz. I'm Jacob Sheckman, and today we're speaking with Sarah DeHell and learning about her career journey to becoming a sales engineer. So let's talk about the, the training program you mentioned. Yeah. What is it, and how soon did you go into it uh, after you got your degree? Yeah, so let me like rewind back a sec, though. So how I got set up with my training program was I interviewed for this job with my company, and I accepted it, but how I even found my job in the first place was being pretty involved in my sales engineering club at school and also a previous internship I had. Those are two really key things in my life that led me to this point. But I was able to get that job. Once I graduated, I moved to La Crosse, Wisconsin, and I lived there for about six months. And I went to that state not knowing one thing about air conditioning and I left knowing a lot <laughs> so it was, it was like getting a master's program in HVAC in six months oh my gosh um, so you're, you pretty much learn all the fundamentals of HVAC engineering for the first eight weeks the next eight weeks you're learning about HVAC in particular to the company that I work for and how to market them and then the sales side of it so we do a lot of sales training and then the last end of it was just a combination of everything we learned and how to apply it. And it was a pretty rigorous program. It was, it was 52 people and nine countries were represented in this program. Wow. So globally, they sent everyone here. Most of us were new grads out of college, but people who came from other countries like Singapore or Vietnam, like they've been working for like 10 years and they're just getting the opportunity to go to this program. So Things work a little different in other countries, I guess. But um, of those 52 people, though, six of us were women. So wow. that's, yeah, that says a little something, but it was crazy. I didn't I didn't know anything about air conditioning. I'd go in these big mechanical rooms and it's hot and humid and you're sweating through your business clothes and they're pointing at pipes and they're asking you, what is this? What is this? And first day you don't know anything, but the last day you can fill out the sheet completely. You know where what everything is, how to do your job. I imagine that only 52 people from all over the world with totally varied experience. That's a very selective program, right? So yeah, it is. How, what, do, what do you think it was about, about you that, that stood out to help you get in? I think for one, um, 
so I, I went to a big engineering school and of that, there was only a small handful of us who knew we wanted to go into sales engineering. So your typical engineer is going to be one who most likely is slightly introverted. You know, they're, they're working at their desk. That's just the stereotype of the engineer. But then there's other people like us who are very personable. So I think that is a key skill they look for when they're trying to hire for a sales job. They're looking for confidence. Confidence is key in sales. They're looking for someone who has great time management skills and shows that they're organized, um, which are two skills that are hard to prove in an interview, but you can question people and figure out if they, they have those skills. And then I think positivity and just um, overall, like I said, confidence. And then on top of that, like my, at least for my job, they only hired engineers. So it was never a question of like, oh, do you know engineering or not? Because they know you just made it through a four-year program at your school. You're smart. You graduated. So I think it comes down to like the, the other side of your brain, like the real like front wheel skills. Like how do you talk to people? How do you develop that deep relationship? Are you the type of person that they could get stuck in an elevator with for three hours and have a good time, you know, talking to them? How did you end up developing those skills? How, and why how, your even an interest into going into sales? So, yeah, that's a good story. When I first got to Cal Poly, I, you know, had in my head what I wanted to do. And that's what my mom does. Like she works at Adobe right now, but she's worked at other companies like eBay and Seagate and always just kind of climbing that corporate ladder and being a manager, a director. And I was like, that's what I want to do too. So my first internship I had with Seagate Technology and we were dealing with customer service and, you know, it was cool, but it was, I didn't have a passion for it. So my next internship, I chose something that was more like in the field and it was in construction. So I, I worked with Hilti and I was shadowing the other sales guys going out to job sites with them. And the job was just so on the go and you're constantly talking to people. You're talking about something very technical. And I really liked that. I was like, this is what I'm born to do. As you can see, I talk a lot. So <laughs> I like to talk to people on a regular basis and just develop a deeper relationship. So that internship was really what taught me, like, I want to go into sales. So then I joined my sales engineering club on my campus and got pretty actively involved with that my last two years at school. And with that, got to meet all sorts of great companies like the one that I work for. And they came and um, would just offer interviews. And I interviewed with a few and I settled on the one that I have now. And I, I really enjoy being in the construction sales industry. I, like I said, I think the relationship aspect of it trumps it all. Like I've, I've made some really good friends and they're also my customers. So it's great. I can, I can relate to that very much. Uh, I'm currently a grad student on sabbatical studying Palmer science. And I hated being stuck in a lab and not having these interpersonal relationships. So I, I get that. That communication is, is so key and important. So you, you mentioned before, uh, you, you're, you're a math person, math brain. You love, you've always really liked math and your parents had to tell you to read more. But now that you're, you're here, you've got your full-time job, you've probably already learned and, and writing and reading was incredibly important for what you wanted to do in, in communicating oh, everything. Yeah. A hundred percent. You can't just have one, one skill. You, yeah, you definitely have to have both of them because I'm writing emails every single day. If I don't read in my job, I'm never going to get ahead. You're constantly having to learn new technology and it comes down to you just picking up a book or reading an online article. 
but yeah, the writing is super important because you go through college and you take all these technical writing classes and they're graded pretty hard and you just got to kind of get into it. And even if you're just that math person, you got to blend in the other half and be the vocab person. I also find that when I speak with people and they have a very broad vocabulary, I'm very impressed. And I know that just comes down to reading, reading books. Like they say successful people read like 60 books a year. I'm not there yet. <laughs> I'd like to be, uh, but yeah, just, just having that broad in vocabulary and um, yeah. But uh, right now it's the emails. I'm writing emails all day, sure. 100 emails a day and you don't want to sound stupid. So <laughs> That's uh, too, too many for me to even comprehend. I want to know more now about what it's like for you when in a in a normal world and you you can go into work i guess i don't know if you're working from home now but um what what does a work day look like for you right on on a typical tuesday what are what are your objectives a typical day for me well when i'm i i i try to do this i'm not saying i'm doing this every day but i really do try and get up in the morning and get some sort of workout in i think that's really important it enhances your mood gets those endorphins up gets you ready for the day I find I handle stress a lot better when I've gotten, you know, even 30 minutes of exercise, whether it be biking or running or just doing some sort of like cross training. Um, so anyways, do that. My coffee, I'll either go into the office or I'll work from home. A lot of the time I'll be working with some sort of design engineer who is, you know, developing the build, the building plans for a new building that's going up. I will assist them with the design and implementing our HVAC equipment because they don't know any of the engineering data, so they need to get that from us. On top of that, I might be quoting some equipment to a contractor who wants to maybe replace a HVAC unit or just needs a new one. Uh, I might be working on submittals, which are it's like a book we create for the customer when they purchase a piece of equipment and everything that's going to come with that and what they need to do. So I might be working on a report like that. This is the boring part of the job, <laughs> but um, I might be negotiating, you know, some pricing deals. You know, someone says my price was too high, competitors coming in lower, where where do I need to be to win the job? So doing stuff like that. But but the fun stuff is, uh, you know, taking your customers out, going to events with them, like taking them to an A's game or a Giants game or going to a Raiders tailgate. Like these are the fun part of the sales jobs. You are working so hard all week, but, you know, you got to make it worth it. Like I said, it's the relationship building. So I, I like to do th things like that with my customers. Um, that's that's not a typical day, but I try and incorporate that stuff in it three, three times a month. And then obviously you want to do lunches consistently with customers, you know, just take them out, have a nice conversation with them, talk about a job you have going on with them. I'm also really involved in my local organization for, it's called ASHRAE, which is the American Society of Heating, Refrigeration, and Air Conditioning Engineers. And we meet uh, once a month, just talk about, you know, new technologies, or I'll meet with the young engineers of ASHRAE, which is our little group we have, and we'll do some fun events. And a lot of my customers are involved with that. So yeah, I, I, I typically work really long days, I'm not going to lie, like, before shelter in place, I was working much longer just because I was commuting too. I'd say I was putting in probably 12 hours a day, but my mentality is like, I'm young, I'm not married, I don't have any kids, like I should be working as much as I possibly can right now. I also work on 100% commission, so I don't get like a, sal a given salary every two weeks, so that can go one way or the other, you know? 
you don't work at all, you're not going to get paid. But if you work a lot, you can make a lot of money. So for me, I'm, I'm a very money driven person. I'd really like to buy myself a home here in the next few years. So uh, I think having a hundred percent commission job is pretty cool because it, it kind of keeps that fire burning under you. Yeah. So my typical, my typical day, I'll, I'll work hard because of that reason, but I think it's also really important, you know, to have a good work-life balance. So mm-hmm. if I do work 12 hours a day, I'll try not to work like a hard day on Friday, give myself a little break, maybe take off early at three and start the weekend. For those who are just tuning in, you're listening to What To Be at KSQD 90.7 FM in Santa Cruz. I'm Jacob Sheckman, and today we're speaking with Sarah DeHell and learning about her career journey to becoming a sales engineer. Can we hear more about the some of the specific interactions that you have with your customers? What are you What are you talking about what, exactly? Yeah, so my cu- customers will ask me lots of engineering questions. Like, say they're going to install a unit, they're going to ask electrical information about it, or can they install it this way? Or a lot of pricing questions, um, revising. Like, I'll get into the weeds here, but like, say they're entering air conditions to their air conditioning unit are 85 degrees and that's where I ran it at and they're like oh no we're actually designing around 90 degree temperatures so I'll just have to go in and you know change my selections send them new cut sheets I'll do a lot of conference calls with my customers and just like review the whole project because these projects aren't overnight you know they take years so when I first started on my company I actually started working on the new Chase Center and I worked on that project for like almost four years yeah, it was, a, it was a long one. Yeah, that's awesome. How do you <laughs> yeah. how do you organize all of that? What are your what what kind of tools do you use for this? So yeah, I would like to say I'm a pretty organized person. I think it's really hard to be successful at this job, honestly, if you're not. Um, so I make these daily lists, like I have right here. I have this little black book, and every day I write myself a new to do list, even if only four or three things change from yesterday's to do list keeps me consistent and that list is prioritized so it's like what needs to be done first and what can wait and then I cross them off because that just gives me the satisfaction but then having an outlook calendar as well like or any sort of email type calendar uh, where I organize all my meetings uh, that helps me a lot and yeah just knowing like if you have a busy day tomorrow like you got to get up early like you can't can't sleep in or you know you got a meeting got to prep for it my, my biggest key to organization is my list. I'm old school. I like to do things on, by hand, but I know a lot of people now keep lists on their computer. Um, oh, email. My biggest organization on email is I create folders for each of my customers. And any email they send me, I, I organize it into that folder. So I'll never not find an email in my life. I will know what you said on March 3rd at 3 p.m to me <laughs> I have that email saved um in, in our business you you really need to keep track of everything because someone could tell you a key piece of information and if you did something wrong you want to be able to backtrack and see like where the mistake was made so how did you develop this kind of organization I you know I've I can recall take having taken organizational classes and such but always needing to learn how to organize from an external source. So how did, how did yeah. you develop your organizational strategies? Well, um, I think that, well, I mentioned to you, I was an industrial engineer. So industrial engineering is about like, how do we make processes more efficient? And one of the things we've learned is of the wastes in life. And one of them is wasted time. And that's like wasted time, like looking for things, trying to figure things out. So I think 
I always learn like if everything is organized within your like company, you know, like if you know where to find things, you just save them like 20 minutes looking for it. I kind of view that in my personal life too. like keep my folders organized because like when a customer calls you, you want to be able to like go to their folder on your computer and look up where everything is. Um, but I also think being organized too, I've been burned in life because I haven't been organized. And I think those mistakes make change you. You're like, okay, it's time to shape up. Like, no, no, you can't let anything slip through the cracks. So uh, the uh, the organization is still a work in progress for me every day. Obviously, I think I find new tricks here and there. Um, but like I said, I love my little black book where I keep all my lists and uh, the the calendar on your computer that links to your phone is great because you see it every day and reminds you what meetings you have coming up. Do you have any advice for students who are, who are maybe thinking um, that they might want to, if they, you know, they find interest in this and they, they might want to consider going down a similar path. Could you reiterate some of the, the most important skill sets that you've built upon that they can also try and build for themselves? I think that the most important skills are, like I said, being just personable. If you want to, in, if you're going into any sales role, like the customer is always right. You got to keep them happy, you know, but also be real, develop a real relationship that you need to be good with tracking money. So I do everything on Excel or we do a really good job at managing money on jobs. Um, and then time management. I think a big one of my career is being available. My phone is constantly going off. And you can't ignore calls like or else they'll just go to your competition and go buy it from them. Uh, You want to be available for them also if they have a problem. So I tend to just bring my phone with me everywhere. And that's one thing about my job is, like I said, I work on 100% commission. So when I go on vacation, it's a working vacation. Yeah, you take your phone with you everywhere. There's no really off button on this career, but it's, it's super rewarding. It's really, really awesome when you finish a job and you close it and you make a big commission check. There's, there's really no better feeling to me. I think a lot of our student listeners are also first generation students. Yeah. So can you can you talk about I, I guess I want to know your your experiences as a as a first generation student and how rewarding I imagine this might be. I, I'm second generation, so I can't really speak from the same perspective, but I just would imagine it's incredibly rewarding. So can yeah. you yeah, can you talk about any of that? Yeah. So, I mean, being a first generation student is so different than being a student who has a family who's been established here for generations. You know, you kind of do feel like an outsider a little bit and you just have to remember how hard your parents work to build this life for you. And I'm sure like most of these students also want families in the future. So you just got to keep that in mind, like work hard and keep grinding and good will come. Good will prevail from all of that. Being a first generation is like, so, it's such an honor you know, to be able to say you like did it, you graduated from school, you got a job and you can now help your family. That's, that's great. I, I now have a brother who's going through college and I'm able to help pay for some things for him in college right now. And it's something I never thought I'd be able to do, but like you said, it's a very rewarding feeling. Um, so yeah, I think that having parents who came here, you know, you just got to respect that. Like they really worked so hard and to provide this life for you and now you gotta work hard so you can help them when they get real old and you want to be there for them awesome all right sarah thank you so much for being on the show today yeah no problem and hey all you kids out there 
keep keep hanging in there. I know COVID's a crazy thing to happen to all of us and none of us expected it, but it's it's gonna make our generation just that much stronger. Thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in to today's career story. I'm Jacob Sheckman, and this is our show, What to Be, with today's guest, Sarah DeHell, a sales engineer with Pacific Coast Train. If you have any questions or would like to share your career story with us, send us an email at whattoberadio at gmail.com. If you enjoyed our show, please join us again at 90.7 FM K-Squid Santa Cruz at 7 p.m. on Sundays. Stream online at ksqd.org or visit our website, yfiob.org, for more ways to listen. Thank you and see you next time.